Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 318 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a warm day in Austin, Texas. I'm excited to be back with you this week after a week off due to some crazy schedules and getting sick last week that got in the way of getting an episode up. But here we are again. I'm excited to be bringing you an episode on a topic that I don't often touch on often, but I've got to give a shout out to listener Hannah for the recommendation to cover a little bit more on speed training, 5k, 10k distances. So we're going to be covering that today. We're going to be talking about the five misperceptions of 5k and 10k training that will also lead to to some discussion on each of those about what does it look like? How should it look? I also want to point you in the direction of episode 88, where I cover this with my previous co-host, Steve, where we break down training for a 5k in more depth than I will cover today, but I will cover the highlights and hit some new points in this episode. So we'll jump into that in a second. Before we get there, I wanted to thank my sponsor for this episode, Jonji, the running apparel company. Excited to have them on board here this month, kicking off our partnership for the next six months. So stay tuned for more info on my partnership with them mid-episode. With that, let's jump right into my conversation today on five misperceptions of 5K, 10K training. Things that you might think about training for those shorter distances that are actually wrong. So we'll cover that and then with each of those points get to what does it look like. So here we go. Number one, number one misperception about 5K and 10K training, which often which often prevents people who are mostly training for half marathons and marathons from dropping down in distance. And this misperception is that it will take away from half marathon and full marathon training. That You're going to somehow lose the ability to cover 26.2 miles or 13.1 miles by dropping down and focusing on the 5k and 10k distance for a training cycle. And that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, a cycle of 5K, 10K training done at least once a year from my perspective is really, really critical to ultimately getting your best results in the half marathon and marathon. You have to be a an athlete that focuses on all distances at various times so that you can become well-rounded because the faster you can run a 5K or 10K, the faster you can run a half marathon and therefore the faster you can run a marathon. It all works together. And for many of you, your 5K speed is limiting your potential at the marathon or half marathon distances because it gives you a lower boundary or barrier or asymptote to speak to the mathematicians out there that is preventing you from being able to run faster at the end of a marathon because you're your limitations on the paces you can run comfortably is too narrow. And when you drop a little bit below half marathon pace, you start to get too uncomfortable too quickly because you're just not working the the high end and you're not as efficient as you need to be at those 5K and 10K paces, which is only going to translate to more efficiency at the, the half marathon and marathon distances. So that's... The overarching point here is that when you're training for the 5K and 10K, you're getting faster, which will ultimately add to, not take away from, 
your ability to perform at those longer distances. The other part of this is that regardless of what you're training for, if you're training for a marathon or you're training for a 5K or 10K, that training is structured or can be structured in a way that it's always going to be additive to the other distances. So when you're training for 5K and 10K distance, you can absolutely still be training essentially for a marathon down the road by doing things like maintaining your volume overall, doing things like having proper long runs in your 5K and 10K training that will ultimately make sure that you're not too far away from being able to jump up to 16, 18, 20 mile runs. So you're always, always training or those other distances, if you structure your training in the right way, and we'll talk about this more as we go through the episode. So it's it's all for ultimately the goal to be a faster half marathon or marathoner if you're that focused, if that's your focus. So keep that in mind and structure your training accordingly so that's all additive. And yes, we have to work some different things. It has to look different in certain specific ways that will help you prepare for the 5K and 10K distances, but all of it is aerobic racing. 5K is aerobic racing. 10K, aerobic racing. Half marathon, aerobic racing. Marathon, certainly aerobic racing. It's all aerobic racing. And yes, there are different paces involved, different distances involved, but they all contribute to each other. A training cycle for one contributes to a training cycle for another simply by doing that consistent volume that allows you to build aerobic capacity on an ongoing basis so that when you go into any other distance, you have more aerobic tools, aerobic capacity tools in your toolkit. You can burn oxygen more efficiently than you could before. So it's all additive to the whole. It doesn't take away. And certainly, if you're spending time focused on one distance, you're going to be rusty. You're going to need to shift gears and then do a full training cycle for another distance. You're still going to need to get back to that other distance in a way that makes sense. But it's not taking away. It's all additive. It's giving you more tools in your toolkit to go chase better half marathon and marathon PRs. So that's another thing to remember. And then, of course, as I alluded at the top, if you can develop raw speed on an ongoing basis, then that becomes absolutely critical to long-term potential in the sport. If you're constantly working on the marathon distance, the more you do it and the further you get away from 5K and 10K speed, the harder it is to get back to it. So if you have major gaps between your 5K and 10K cycles where you might be taking years in between them. That, especially if you're focused on the marathon exclusively or the half marathon exclusively during that time, that is going to limit your ability to get new PRs in, the, in those longer distances. You're going to find a plateau. And then, yes, you can always go back to 5K and 10K, but it's going to be harder to touch on those skills and develop that speed again, the longer you stay away from it. So I recommend that you spend at least one training cycle a year working on 5K and 10K speed. 
Now, that's an average. It's a rule of thumb. It doesn't have to be every single year. You might end up spending a whole year focused on 5K and 10K speed amidst doing other things across a couple of years. But it's critical to spend a block of training every single year focused on this so you don't lose it. Because half marathon and marathon distance, you can certainly work speed, but it also dulls your speed at at some level because of the distances that you're putting into those races. And so you have to spend those focused blocks working on the 5K and 10K, no matter how much you like it or don't like it, no matter how painful you might think it is, it is well worth your time spent there. So again, don't think of it as taking away from your half marathon and marathon fitness and, and strength and speed but rather that it's additive, that it's actually giving you more tools to go chase higher potential in those longer races down the road. So that's misperception number one, that 5K and 10K training will take away from half marathon and full training. Misperception number two is that your mileage in 5K and 10K training will be significantly lower than in half marathon or marathon training. and I contend as a coach that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be dramatically different. It will be likely a little bit lower because if you're not doing 20 to 22 mile long runs, then it's hard to perhaps hit the same mileage per week that you would in a marathon cycle. But in a half marathon cycle versus a speed cycle, the distances that you cover the miles per week that you put in might actually be very similar. And so you want to make sure in 5K and 10K training that you're maintaining reasonable volume. And look, this is a rule of thumb. There are exceptions to every rule of thumb, and there are times when I have someone pull back in their volume for whatever reason. Sometimes it's in 5K and 10K training. Sometimes it's in half marathon and marathon training. But as a general rule of thumb, If you want to be your best aerobic self down the road, you've got to be doing consistently high level of volume for you. And that doesn't necessarily mean you got to be doing 70 mile weeks or 100 mile weeks. High for you might be 40 mile weeks or 45 mile weeks, or it might be 30 or 35 mile weeks. It's going to vary depending on your starting point. But the overarching point here is that I don't want you ever even if you're training for a 5K and 10K, to get too far away from your normal baseline peak volume that you would do in half marathon or marathon training when you're in a 5K and 10K training block. You still need that baseline volume in order to develop aerobic capacity so that you can use your speed, use your raw speed when it matters. Again, as I said earlier, a 5K and a 10K are very much still aerobic races. You might even hear an elite athlete talk about having their kick at the end of a 5K or 10K. And when we often, when we talk about kicks, and even sometimes the announcers make this mistake, they'll be talking about pure speed. Well, it's just about who has the best pure speed at the end of the 5K or 10K. That's the person that's going to win. And the truth is that that's not necessarily the case because it's the combination of speed and aerobic strength, i.e. staying power, that allows someone to be able to unleash their kick at the end of a race in a way that's actually strong because they have that endurance 
to have and use their speed at the end of an aerobic race like a 5k or 10k so you have to have both raw speed that you would develop in speed workouts as well as aerobic strength that is largely anaerobic capacity that is largely developed by doing more mileage at easy efforts so your weekly volume your weekly days per week should actually be very similar to what it would look like in a half marathon or a marathon training cycle maybe even identical in terms of the weekly structure you might see that your long runs aren't as long but outside of that your other runs might actually be similar distance and in some cases i even choose to up the distance on some of those runs in order to maintain a higher weekly volume with a reduced long run that's not 20 miles so all of those runs are still critical doing them at easy efforts getting in your medium long run all of that is still important the other part of this is that your long runs are still going to be long and long in this case isn't 20 miles but it might be 14 miles it might be 16 miles in some cases for some people it might even be 18 mile long runs for that more advanced athlete who's really going for a strong 5k or 10k pr now again these are rules of thumb and there are exceptions to every rule and obviously it, it depends on what your starting point is but if you're thinking that just because you're doing 5k and 10k training that you can drop down to six to eight mile long runs sure you can do it you can take that approach but you are not going to see the gains that you would see if you kept those long run distances up so for me i like to see people doing at least 12 to 14 mile long runs again this is a more experienced runner not about pace at all but just a more experienced runner who's used to that long run volume doing at least 12 to 14 mile long runs perhaps up to 16 in some cases so that you can maintain that aerobic capacity building time that you get when you're doing those big long runs some of the best athletes in the world that might even be milers nick willis for example multiple time olympian olympic bronze medalist he as a miler would talk about doing 18 mile long runs every single week when he was in peak training for the mile and so if that can be true and beneficial for the elite athlete we know it can be true and beneficial for us in the context of our starting point in the context of the mileage that we're used to so again that doesn't mean everybody needs to be doing 18 mile runs it just means that if you're used to longer long runs and you've done that in the context of a half marathon or a marathon training cycle then you should still be doing that in the context of a 5k and 10k training cycle as well otherwise you're not going to be getting that aerobic capacity stimulus to pair with the speed in order to make sure you have that staying power late in a 5k or late in a 10k and if you think about the 10k in particular that is a very difficult distance to execute well as someone who's done more 10ks than any other distance i can tell you it probably took me at least running 10 of them to figure out how to maintain focus inside the 10k because miles three and four and sometimes five can be really tough to stay on it to stay on that edge after you've started and before you found that final mile kick it's really hard to stay on it part of that for me was also developing my aerobic capacity early in my running career to have the staying power 
with speed. But when you compare strong aerobic capacity from consistent volume with the raw speed that you get in doing speed workouts that you need to do in this type of a training cycle, that's when the magic happens. That's when you can put it all together to have that staying power in miles one and a half and two of the 5k in miles three, four and five of the 10k so that you have something left for that final push. So misconception number two, that you're going to somehow have much lower mileage or significantly lower long runs in the context of 5k and 10k training. And the good news about keeping those long runs honest in 5k and 10k training is that then, as I mentioned earlier, you're never too far away from being able to go back to half marathon or marathon training. You're never too far away. And while you do have to switch gears and come off of your peak for 5k and 10k training and then properly rebuild for a half or a full, you can't short circuit things. You're still not that far away from being able to jump up to the volumes that you need to, long run volumes you need to, to cover those longer distances. So keep that in mind, which for some people may be bad news. For some people, it's good news because they're the ones that are worried about somehow losing their ability to cover longer distances by switching to shorter race training. All right, number three in the equation here is that you will have somehow a different training structure when you shift to 5K and 10K training, that the training will look significantly different. And certainly you want the workouts tailored to the 5K and 10K distance. And we'll talk in a minute about how those might fit together and and some example workouts. But the overall training structure isn't that different from a half marathon or a marathon. I still want you to have one speed workout a week. I still want you to have a long run. I still want you to have a medium long run that you would couple ideally with strides at the end. I still want you to have at least two recovery runs, one after your quality workout, one after your long run. And then potentially for those that are doing six days a week, another easy run during the week to go with it. But that formula still stays the same. Again, because all of these are aerobic races, you still need the aerobic development, the aerobic capacity building that comes from that medium long run. You still need the aerobic capacity building that comes from that long run. You still need the polarization of having quality work and recovery work and long runs and recovery runs balanced in a way that allows it to be additive so that you're not overdoing it. That all looks the same. And from a medium long run standpoint and a recovery run standpoint, and as we mentioned, the long run standpoint, it might not look that different than what it would look like for a half marathon or marathon cycle. Quality work might look different, although sometimes it's going to be similar too, but the quality work will look different. The phasing of the quality work is going to be the same. You're still going to have a priming phase. You're still going to have an aerobic strength phase. You're still going to have a race-specific phase. You're still going to have a mini taper, which is usually about one week for these distances. So that periodization still looks the same. How those miles fit together might change slightly. The workouts that you do, particularly when you get into that race-specific phase, are going to be unique to the races that you're trying to cover. But otherwise... 
the overarching picture looks very, very similar to what it would look like for a half marathon cycle and a marathon cycle. And again, that may be good news or bad news for some of you. It means you still got to be out there putting in the miles. We know that miles matter. We know that you got to do those at mostly easy efforts in order to get the full benefit of the aerobic capacity building that comes on those days. So it's not like you're going to suddenly get to take a break and significantly shift how training is structured if you want to get the most out of your 5K and 10K self. You still got to do that work in a largely similar way, which again, might be good news, might be bad news for some of you, but also it keeps you, as I mentioned earlier, connected to that half marathon and marathon fitness in a way that just makes it not that hard to switch gears between these different cycles. Now, one thing I really want to emphasize in 5K, 10K training is the strides element. That becomes absolutely critical. You can get away with it. I certainly recommend it year-round, regardless of what distance you're training for. But if you're in a 5K and 10K training block, you absolutely need those strides built into the equation so that you can get that, that weekly stimulus of speed on another day during the week throughout the cycle. I recommend that after the medium long run where you do four to six flat strides at the end so that you touch speed a little bit. And again, one week doesn't matter, but if you do that throughout the cycle, it will have a difference. It will make a difference. It will have an impact. So make sure that's in there. If it doesn't fit on your medium long run, then you can do it after your recovery run, potentially on the recovery run after the long run or or on the recovery run after the quality workout, that would be another spot where it would fit. But I want you to be doing at least once a week session of strides. That's absolutely critical brass tacks when you're in a 5K, 10K block to give you that one additional speed stimulus throughout the week. So don't neglect that piece of the equation. And again, structure your training very similar to how it would look if you were in half marathon or marathon training And the primary difference that you're going to see in the equation is what that speed workout looks like, what that speed work looks like, both within the context of your weekly quality workout, but also within the context of potentially your long run workouts. So misperception number three is that your training will look a lot different, will be structured dramatically different than for half marathon and marathon training. And it's just simply not the case. Okay, before we get to number four, I want to quickly talk about my partnership with John G. Running Apparel. Excited to be partnering with them. I was actually running in their shorts today, their 8-inch trail half-tight. I'm a big half-tight fan. For those that may not know, I switched from short running shorts about 12 years ago, and I haven't looked back. And John G. has a great half-tight. The nice thing, too, about it is it has got plenty of pockets for those that need to carry gels or need to carry electrolytes, salt pills, something like that with them on the run. So that would be a short that I would recommend, the trail half-tight. I think once you go half-tight, you never go back. So much better in terms of preventing chafing than wearing running shorts. But I get it. It may not be for everybody, but it's certainly for me. So I love the John G. Halftight, but today I wanted to talk about their membership program. For a $25 one-time fee, you can sign up as a John G. member, which gets you a lifetime 
15% discount on John G products that never goes away after you make that one-time fee. So you can easily save and make up for that $25 investment pretty quickly by buying their gear. All of your membership fees go towards supporting clean water access through their nonprofit partners. So it goes for a good cause and you can easily make it up with that 15% lifetime discount. And then you also get priority access to their new releases, as well as access to exclusive products that are member only prints and styles. So it actually pays to be a John G member. I would highly recommend you check that out. It's a way to save money on their products while also giving back you simply go to their website, johng.com or runjohng.com and click on the explore button and you'll see that membership option pop up. So go sign up and get that first order going ASAP. All right, let's jump back into my conversation. I've got two more points to talk about here. We're going to go into two number four. Number four is this, that all of your training, your, your quality workouts have to be done at 5K pace if you're training for a 5k or at 10k pace if you're training for a 10k and that's simply not not true certainly you're going to be doing a lot of work at those paces if those are the distances you're trying to cover in your race but you also still need to be including variety in your training in order to make sure you're working all aspects of your aerobic system again to make sure you have that aerobic strength as well as the speed both at race pace, but also potentially faster than race pace to make sure that you can hold race pace for the distance you're trying to cover 5k or 10k. So it's not all one speed. So let's talk about what it does look like when you break down a 5k or 10k training cycle into the different phases and how those workouts might be represented. So in the priming phase, those workouts are going to look very similar to what I described a few episodes ago in priming for fall races i talked about some sample workouts but in the priming phase for any cycle it's going to look pretty similar going to be one you're going to want to work on speed development you're going to work on running faster paces with plenty of rest so that it doesn't put too much stress on the overall system so that's something that you're going to do in a priming phase for a 5k or 10k or a half marathon or marathon those workouts are all going to actually look pretty similar then from there you go into your aerobic strength phase and in an aerobic strength phase you're going to want to work on aerobic strength which means that we usually spend time working hills during that phase we spend time working on tempo type efforts aerobic strength pure aerobic strength workouts like tempo runs we also spend time working on in a 5K and 10K block, what I like to call speed endurance or your ability to run some faster paces, but then get back into a tempo type effort and be able to hold and to sustain that. So you're going to have some workouts sprinkled in here where you're working on that specifically. So one example of that that I like is a workout that I call the cluster, where you might go to the track and do four times 400 at 5k pace with relatively short rest maybe 60 to 90 seconds then jog over to the road and do one mile intervals at half marathon pace with only six, 60 seconds rest so again short recovery and then you get back to the track and finish with four times 400 at 5k pace with 60 seconds rest so it's a workout where you're not getting a lot of recovery 
and you're having to sprinkle in some 5k pace with short rest, but then you're giving the ability to quote recover at tempo type effort so that you can piece it all together in a way that works on that speed endurance, that ability to use speed even on tired legs. So that's an example of, of a speed endurance workout. Another speed endurance workout that we might use would be a workout that would be called the Michigan. It's a workout that Ron Warhurst would use with his athletes at the University of Michigan, where you're doing road miles interspersed with 800s on the track, perhaps at 10K pace. So you might do road miles at tempo effort and then intersperse that with 800s on the track at 10K pace with short, easy jogs in between the track and the road so that you're working both speed and endurance with short recovery and having to put it together in a way that can be challenging. So that's another speed endurance workout. Another good speed endurance workout is a simple 1-1 fart lick where you're alternating between one minute on at 5K pace or or 5K to 10K effort with one minute easy. And those one minute easies get really short as it progresses. So you could do two times 16 to 20 minutes of 1-1 fart lick where you're alternating one minute on, one minute easy, 5K effort easy interspersed perhaps with three to four easy minutes in between the two sets so that again you learn to switch gears even on tired legs you learn to commit to those paces even on tired legs and that's another good one to to work in another one that i like which works on vvo2 max or velocity at vo2 max is a 30 30 workout where you might do one to two mile segments or intervals alternating 30 seconds on at 5K effort or faster with 30 seconds float. And a float is an effort that's not a full recovery effort, but is rather where you just let off the gas a little bit. You might be going somewhere around aerobic threshold and keeping the pace honest before you get back onto the faster effort. And so doing those one to two mile intervals of 30-30 interspersing that speed with that float is another way to really work on speed endurance. So that's something that might happen in that second phase. And then the third phase, the race specific phase, that's when we're going to start to get more specific. You want to be working on intervals that are 5k and 10 and or 10k paces, depending on the target distance you're shooting for. So you might be doing those traditional intervals at 400s at 5k pace or 800s at 10k pace or 1k's at 10k pace where you're having to just hold that pace for a set interval with 90 second to two minute recoveries you might also find in those types of intervals work interval workouts where you squeeze down the pace a little bit at the end so if you're doing 400s at 5k pace with 90 seconds rest or 60 seconds rest that the last four in the workout could be at 3K pace to get a little bit of that faster than 5K work in, which ultimately will help you run 5K pace more easily. I also like to consider in this phase doing some fartlek style workouts where you might be working in both 5K and 10K pace, perhaps in a progression. So we'll do a workout called a 5-3-1 fart lick where you're doing five minutes at 10K pace alternated with two minutes easy, three minutes at 5K pace with two minutes easy, then one minute faster than 5K pace, 
with two minutes easy before you go back to the top and repeat. So it's these sort of progression style workouts that allow you to work the full end of the range and touch on all of those paces that make up VO2 max with short recoveries in between each. Another thing you might be doing in race specific phase in a 5k or 10k block is going to race a 5k. For example, you know, I always recommend if somebody's targeting an A race as a 5k to have a 5k before that that might be 3 to 4 weeks prior to their A 5k or their A 10k so that they get the opportunity to practice running 5k pace and dealing with all the mental sides of that as well as the physical sides of that that is going to prepare you for doing that when it matters when your goal is on the line because it's something you can do you can recover from because they're shorter races but it also allows you to dig into that pain cave work on the mental tools associated with the short and fast races which can be very different and very challenging versus a half marathon and marathon but Frankly, it's also an opportunity for a workout and you might skip your midweek workout during that week and go race the 5k instead on the weekend as your primary workout for the week. That is something else you can do in a race specific phase. So again, race specific phase is where you want to be touching on 5k and 10k paces depending on your target distance, not overdoing it, but certainly getting a healthy dose of it. And then touching on paces that are slightly faster as well to make sure that you can handle that, which only makes you more efficient at the 5K and 10K paces. So those are some example workouts that you can do, but you're not always going to be running 5K pace. You're going to be mixing in different paces, certainly getting plenty of tempo and steady type work during the aerobic strength phase. Also getting some variety in the race specific phase all so that you have a complete toolkit when you go to your target race. You can run race pace, but you can also do it on tired legs and you have the staying power to sustain it. So that's number four, that when you're doing a 5K and 10K block that all your training is at 5K or 10K race pace. Number five, and relatedly, is this idea that in a 5K and 10K cycle that you have to double down on anaerobic work faster than race pace work and that's just simply not true you do want to touch it a little bit but you have to be very very careful about how you touch it these are the riskiest paces that we run which would be 3k or one mile race pace or 800 meter race pace these are the riskiest paces that we touch on and while you do need to touch on it a little bit You have to do it with absolute caution. And for some people, you might even choose not to touch on it, depending on what your history looks like and if you have a history of injury because of that type of work. But put simply, this type of work is very dangerous to do. It risks injury. And for a lot of people, it's not worth that risk. And or if you're going to take the risk, you want to do it in very small targeted doses about three to four weeks out from race day so that you're touching on that a little bit. Again, with anaerobic work too, you don't need a lot of it and it has to be pretty close and proximate to race day because it doesn't hang around. Anaerobic fitness doesn't hang around very long. So you're going to do it three to four weeks out, maybe for one to two sessions max where you might work short intervals at one mile or 3K pace 
in a workout so that you can at least touch on that element before you go to your target race. But you have to be very careful about how you do it. You don't want to overdo it. You want to put it in very small doses and know what you're doing when you step into those types of workouts. Know how your body will respond so that you don't end up injured as a part of that process because it can be very taxing on the musculoskeletal system, very taxing on the neuromuscular system which needs to pave new pathways and you need to give yourself plenty of time to recover from those types of workouts. So when you are hitting that stuff, make sure that you give yourself plenty of space around it by slowing down majorly on the runs around it and also making sure that there's no other major workouts within the vicinity of those workouts that would that would compromise your ability to put it all together in a way that keeps you healthy. So you don't have to go crazy with that anaerobic work if you do it at all. And for those that are worried about it, I wouldn't even do it at all. If you think it's going to be too much for you or if you don't have experience there, I wouldn't do it at all because you're going to get a lot out of just doing these other elements that I've talked about. So this is really only for those that have some experience with it that are more experienced runners in general that are really going for those in tiny incremental gains at the end of chasing for a PR versus it being a part of the bread and butter of what you want to try to do. So that's misperception number five, that you have to do a bunch of anaerobic work in order to succeed and excel at the 5k and 10k distance. You just simply don't have to do that. So There we go. We're going to wrap this episode again, covering these misperceptions again. Number one is that 5K and 10K training will take away from half and full training. It absolutely will not. In fact, it'll be additive. Number two is that your mileage has to be lower. The long run's much shorter to do 5K and 10K training. And the opposite is more or less true, that you want to maintain mileage. Your long runs will shorten if you're comparing to a marathon, but they're still going to be significant, perhaps in the 12 to 14 to 16 mile range. Number three, that the training structure has to be very different, and it doesn't. The subcomponents are all the same. Number four, that you're doing all 5K or all 10K pace in your speed workout, and while there is more of it, it's not as simple as that. You want to make sure you're still mixing up your paces. And number five, that you have to double down on anaerobic work, the very, very high end of the paces, and that's just simply not true. Proceed with caution there. There is some value and benefit, but you have to be careful about it. So that's my episode for today. As we wrap, I want to remind you that 5K and 10K training is fun. It's in many ways easier on your body because you're not doing 20 mile runs in marathon training, and it will make you a faster half marathoner or marathoner. So find a time each year to dedicate a block of training towards that and i hope you do and you go chase plenty of prs at all distances because of it so we'll wrap this episode here as always you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on twitter instagram or facebook until next time we'll talk to you soon